Hey, how's the surveillance drone coming along? We gotta start spying on those Russians. We've got the camera ready to go, but a vehicle that can navigate above enemy skies without being detected, and that's a tall order. Oh, come on. How hard can it be? Pigeons do it, and they're dumb as rocks. <laughs> well, then maybe you should get a pigeon carrier spy camera then. <laughs> maybe I will. Wait a minute. Maybe I will. Hey everyone, welcome back to Points for Tryin', the show where we celebrate ideas and inventions that didn't change the world, but will hopefully brighten your day. I'm Brandon. And I'm Jessica. And today, we cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war, and also the cats of war, and the pigeons of war, because we'll be looking at some of the ways the U.S. government has tried to use animals for war fighting and spycraft. Most city dwellers have a pretty low opinion of pigeons. During the Cold War, the CIA didn't do their reputation any favors when they recruited them as aerial spies. A small camera would be strapped to the chest of a pigeon, and the tiny paparazzi would be trained to fly over an area and then to a home base for the film to be recovered. Specialist birds would be specifically trained to locate the area, while mission birds were actually fitted with the camera hardware and would follow behind the specialists. In this case, it pays not to be a specialist, because the specialist birds were not fitted with any equipment and were considered expendable during missions. True story. The camera worked well, and training the pigeons worked well enough that experiments were conducted over Washington, D.C. However, the project was eventually canceled after difficulties getting the birds to reliably follow orders in unfamiliar locations. After all, they're called homing pigeons for a reason. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this seems like a pretty low-tech solution to a problem you know we have cameras uh we don't have reliable small aircraft put it on a pigeon i have to say though these specialist birds were indeed specialists it's not surprising that they had a hard time getting them to follow orders <laughs> we do have a hard time getting specialists to follow orders well you really don't want to be a specialist pigeon you know the literally the only reason they cared at all about recovering the pigeons was to get back the camera. I think that it's interesting to use pigeons for this purpose because you don't think anything of a flying bird. They're probably too high for you to see the camera on their chest. Pretty smart if you can get them to follow orders. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're uh, spying on any city, there's already going to be pigeons all over the place. So they're going to be flying around. I see in your notes here that the birds were launched from a fake air conditioning unit. So... One of the things was how to get these pigeons to and from a location that was going to be spied on. So they would take them to a, a, a building uh, and then they would be released out of a cage uh, in the window that looked like an air conditioning unit. How close to Leningrad was this? If the photos were supposed to be taken of Leningrad, I feel like an air conditioning unit in Russia would have been sus suspicious anyway. <laughs> Good point. Um, they never actually made it to, to like the point where they could get things from Leningrad, but they did practice transporting them covertly. And by that, I mean, they put them in carry-on luggage and <laughs> flew them on a commercial airplane. <laughs> Can you imagine you're sitting there and hearing these little peck, 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 peck? 
Well, it was a different time back then. Like, did they x-ray your luggage? No. Security theater was not so common. Man, you could get away with everything on airplanes before 9-11. You could just walk in with a carry-on bag full of pigeons and nobody said a thing. I think the most interesting part about this is that we talk about it as though use of pigeons were a new thing. I think the only thing that was new with this was the addition of the camera to their chest because pigeons have been used in warfare for ages. Yeah, uh, I think the the ultimate downfall of this was like they were trying to get pigeons to do things pigeons don't normally do. Uh, They're really good at finding their way home after being released. But for this, they have to be trained to fly over a specific area that's not their, you know, home base. And that's not in the skill set for a homing pigeon. Right. Also, uh, if you were living in Washington, D.C. at the time, uh, you might have been spied on by pigeons because that's where they tested this, the Washington Navy Yard. Oh. Yeah, so they actually took some decent pictures of uh, parking lots and buildings around Washington, D.C. That's fascinating. That parking lot is still angular. Parking in on that street is still angular. Wait, you know where that is? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the world's first GoPro. Oh, you're right. It, it's got the strap. It's a tiny little camera unit. Yeah, these were these were GoPros just for pigeons. If pigeons were into extreme sports, what would they upload to YouTube? See, if they were squirrels, it would be that water that jet skiing, water skiing squirrel. Uh, pigeons, base jumping feel like they'd be super into red bull of course they, they don't need it because they already have wings exactly <laughs> leave the red bull for the rest of us you need to stay up late <laughs> or want to mix it with vodka and get really drunk at a party no we're not in college anymore do you ever drink something and you're like "Ooh, that that tastes like college and bad decisions yes four loco watermelon flavor <laughs> tastes like 22 <laughs> Uh, when I was like 25, I found a Four loco for sale somewhere. And I was like, oh, this will be just like the old times. This is great. And I took one sip and it was like a sweeter version of a Jolly Rancher that also tasted like rubbing alcohol. And I was like, why did I ever drink this? Children, if you're dr- listening, stop drinking that immediately. You will regret it when you're in your later 20s and 30s. <laughs> yeah. Well, during World War II, the Air Force experimented with bat bombs, which is exactly what it sounds like. A small container of napalm would be glued to the bats, which would then be packed into a cylinder and dropped out of an airplane. Like a frat boy on Sunday morning, the bats would wake up with no idea where they were and immediately seek shelter in the surrounding buildings. After a set amount of time, the bomb part would activate and, well, you can guess what happens next. This idea isn't as crazy as it sounds. Bats naturally seek dark places to roost, and the buildings in cities like Tokyo were mostly built out of wood. It was estimated that a single bomber load of bats could start over 4,000 fires. In fact, the idea almost worked too well. During testing, some of the bats were accidentally released and set fire to one of the buildings at the base. So I have to tell you, one of my favorite animals is the bat. 
So this one is going to get zero points from you, not to skip to the end or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to get a bat box for a very long time, but we almost have something way cooler. My house has these screens in the window. And in some cases, there's actually like about a half an inch to an inch space in between the two screens. So essentially, we have this see-through bat box that occasionally, as the bats are migrating, they stop and hang out in our windows for a couple weeks. I love, I love bats. But yes, I'd be very sad about bats being the bombs. You know, that proves that this would work like gangbusters, though, because if they had little bombs strapped to them, your house would be on fire right now. Well, it's Hanukkah. My roommate was trying to make latkes the other night, so my house almost was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Is he secretly a bat? Oh, I haven't asked him that. He might sleep upside down. Oh, since you since you do like bats so much, I do want to read you a quote from one of the proponents of the uh, Bat Bomb Project. His opinion was that the bat was the lowest form of animal life, and that until now, reasons for its creation have remained unexplained. <laughs> and that bats must have been created by God to await this hour to play their part in the scheme of free human existence and to frustrate any attempt of those who dare desecrate our way of life. Oh, heck. So according to Lytle S. Adams, bats were specifically created to help the Allied powers win World War II. You probably have some feelings about this. I have many feelings about this. Like, what about ticks? Ticks are the worst, and I can't figure out what they're here for. And he thought that bats were worse than ticks? Mm -mm. No way. I mean, now I'm going to have to do some research to see if they've ever tried to weaponize ticks. (laughs) So I think this is interesting. It says here that bats hibernate in the cold, and so they were refrigerated for the handling Oh, yeah. I mean, this this was thought out surprisingly well. Uh, you know, bats can, can hold quite a bit of weight. Uh, they're really good at flying. And when they were all packed into the canister, yeah, they were uh, induced into hibernation by being refrigerated. So the bomb comes out of the airplane. It breaks apart. Um, it warms up and the bats start to wake up, which must have been just completely terrifying. <laughs> Just uh, just imagine you're a bat. You're you're living your own bat life, and then somebody stuffs you into a net, and then it gets really cold, so you fall asleep. Uh, uh, I would be thinking at that time nothing but sugar plum berries dancing in my head. So then you wake up and you're falling towards the ground. Oh man, I haven't even gotten my my arms stretched out yet. Gotta flap my wings. And the buildings are completely unfamiliar. But you find one to roost in. I'm tired. I'm confused. But you got to get into good night's sleep. We'll figure this out tomorrow. And then the sun rises and all of the bats around you start exploding. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and there's, there's probably more profanity laced in there. And then I'd probably explode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you would absolutely explode. But, and, and, you know, do your part for the war effort, I guess. But I don't think that I have a patriotic bone in my body because I'm a bat. I don't know what nation states are. 
Yeah, I mean, if you think of World War II from the Bats' perspective, like if they had history books, would would America be the bad guys? Yes, because they don't know what's going on. So in their Bat history books, they're like, and then all of our grandparents and our great-grandparents got sent over to another country to explode. The only thing that I can think about in the uh, when they accidentally sent set one of the buildings on the army base on fire is just like some generals coming up and, and like seeing the, the fire and going, well, at least we know it works. And then like the <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm theme plays. <laughs> you know, I think it just shows that during World War II, we were really thinking outside the box. Thinking outside the bat box. Thinking outside the bat box. Yeah. We said we really need some material solutions for this problem. Let's make it happen, guys. But think about it, like brainstorming sessions, right? Hmm. Whenever you have a brainstorming session, they say, throw out any ideas. It doesn't matter how crazy. We're just going to get all of the ideas out. And it feels like during World War II, and in reality, for most of the things that we talk about on this podcast, they said, throw out all the ideas. And then they ran with all of the ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like you could walk into the Pentagon and if you had an idea that exploded, you you just like walked out with a burlap sack covered in a dollar sign. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> also during the Cold War, the CIA was looking for ways to eavesdrop on conversations because apparently their go-to method of sitting on a park bench and pretending to read a newspaper was no longer working. The idea of using cats was tried during Project Acoustic Kitty. To all outward appearances, it would look like a normal cat, but in reality, it had been surgically implanted with a microphone and wireless transmitter capable of beaming conversations to a nearby observer. <laughs> no, it's literally a cat with a microphone in it. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. Okay, I love it. The first challenge was finding 1960s-era radio equipment small enough to fit inside of a cat, and this limitation forced scientists to use a small battery which limited its usefulness. However, getting everything into the cat actually went fairly well, and the prototype Cyborg Kitty was tested near the Soviet embassy in Washington, D.C. It's not known what happened during the test. Some say that the cat got run over by a car almost as soon as it was released, while others claim that the cat lived but wouldn't follow any commands outside of the lab. Well, yeah, it's a cat. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, the experiment was considered a failure, and the $20 million project was canceled by 1967. Had they never met a cat? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, as a cat owner that's tried to get my cat to do simple things like staying off the counters and not scratching the furniture... Like, did they really think they could train it to, like, be a spy? Cats do what they want, when they want, and you cannot make them do anything else. Not even if you spray them with little bottles of water, they'll just turn around and stick their tail up at you. There was a really good quote from some of the released uh, declassified CIA documents. Uh, And side note, shout out to the Freedom of Information Act and CIA.gov. Uh, Because some of these actual documents have been declassified and posted for free on the CIA website. From one of the uh, reports about Acoustic Kitty was, quote, Knowing cats can indeed be trained to move short distances, redacted. 
we see no reason to believe that a redacted cat cannot similarly be a trained to approach redacted. Other than all of the redacteds, it's such a great statement that cats can be trained to move short distances. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's, uh, that's all you can get out of a cat. I think that redacted cat is an expletive. <laughs> they were like, oh, we, we, we can't make it look like we didn't care about the cats. Redact that. Oh, I thought maybe it was like the cat's name <laughs> and, you know, like they have to, you know, take out uh, names from all of these reports to, to shield <laughs> privacy. Uh, obviously, his name was Garfield and they trained him with lasagnas. <laughs> I'm wondering if this ever worked, like all of the actual audio they'd ever record is like, oh, so did you bring the plans for the sub? Oh, my God, a kitty. Oh, look at him. It's a little <laughs> kitty. <laughs> And then I'm just talking about the cat the whole time. What's this stump on his back? Oh, poor thing. Espionage can wait. <laughs> I'm going to pet that kitty. My cat is so friendly and loves to be outdoors that, like, I think if you use the right cat, it would naturally, like, walk up oh, to yeah. people sitting at a park bench. That actually makes sense. Yeah, maybe nowadays you could just, like, put a hearing aid inside the cat or something or, like, shrink down the, the electronics so that it just fits in his collar. The the, uh, the little caller says, please return to CIA. <laughs> so going back to pigeons, we've got pigeon-guided bombs. If you've been feeling bad for the CIA pigeons that were forced to fly around carrying cameras, trust us, those were the lucky ones. During World War II, the military was dreaming up lots of creative ways to kill flying creatures, and one idea was Project Pigeon. The purpose was to use the pigeon's homing ability, but this time to guide a bomb onto a target. Basically, the front of a bomb would be fitted with a pigeon cockpit where the image of the bomb's target would be projected onto a screen. And the pigeons were trained to peck at the target and sensors would track the pigeon's movement and steer the bomb towards whatever the pigeon was pecking at. The compartment was designed to accommodate up to three pigeons in each bomb. Because apparently, someone on the design team took the phrase, kill two birds with one stone, too literally. The idea was eventually abandoned in favor of electronic guidance systems. Because in the words of one of the project's founders, our problem was no one would take us seriously. I gotta say, I wouldn't have either. Yeah, this one is a bit kind of wacky. I like to imagine that the, the CIA pigeons that were strapped to cameras are basically like the grandchildren of the World War II pigeons that are put in bombs. And they're like, oh, back in my day, we actually had to fly in a bomb and we'd explode. You, you kids got it so easy. They just <laughs> strap a camera to you and make you fly around. This is what's making these pigeons soft these days. Kids today. The notes here say that this was actually used on a bomb called the bat bomb. Yes. But my question is, why would you use pigeons in a bat bomb? Wouldn't you just call it the pigeon bomb? This really brings it full circle because we were earlier talking about bat bombs in the sense of bombs being carried by bats. Uh, there was actually an experimental missile or bomb uh, that was called the bat bomb because it's a bomb kind of shaped like a bat and it was proposed to be guided by a pigeon inside of it did it work no <laughs> it makes you wonder if crazy ideas like this still occur today 
or have we moved past using actual animals and have moved on to using things like drones and robots? Um, there's actually a few that I think they are still using. I mean, other, other than dogs, cause you know, we still use dogs, right. um, in the military and the police, but they, one that I left out because it's not a failed invention. It's still actually being used is dolphins are apparently used by the Navy and the Navy SEALs. Oh yeah. Dolphins are, are real good at finding it's something like, um, don't they detect underwater mines? Yeah. And I, I think they can even like place mines. I believe it. I guess the learning experience from, you know, all of these experiments in, in World War II and the Cold War was you got to use smarter animals. <laughs> yeah. Smarter animals or just understand that you are likely to burn your base down if you use bat bombs. <laughs> this is just going back to the cat one because, of course, uh, but I read somewhere that it cost $20 million and... I have no idea where all that money went because that's three times as expensive as the $6 million man. And he had a lot of shit inside of him. <laughs> yes, but see, with the $6 million man, they didn't have to try to make any new equipment smaller. They have to try to make it smaller with the cat. Whenever it gets smaller, it gets more expensive. Okay, so I got to ask. Now, I know there's a lot, but do any of these get points for trying? Okay, the pigeon aerial photography, I think that gets a point for being basically the prototype of that annoying guy that brings a drone to a music festival. <laughs> oh, so it's not really failed. It just changed over time. It just changed and got noisier. Like, this is better than those GoPro drones because it doesn't make as much noise. But it also shits on people, so maybe it's a bit of give and take a big reason why i'm not a big fan of birds how many times they'll poop on your head so you like bats but not birds correct but i will say i think for me the one that gets the points for trying is the bat bomb because it worked yes it would have only worked in very specific circumstances but it did work so it's, for me that one gets at least a point and a half yeah i think out of all four the bat bomb is the idea that makes the most sense, which is weird because on its face, it seems completely insane. I think the pigeon guided bomb for me sounds like the most insane one. Oh yeah, I mean, that, that, that is just ridiculous. One thing that I wasn't really able to find out is like, do they have to train the pigeon like with a picture of the specific target? seems like you'd need a lot of lead time to actually bomb something. Yes. Like you got to fly over it once, then you got to get the film developed. You flew over it once with the pigeon strapped with the... Oh shit. Yeah, you fly over it once with the pigeon camera. Exactly. And then you, and then you come back. And then a different pigeon comes and blows it up. Exactly. If the pigeons start working together, we are fucked. Maybe I'm basically admitting that I'm dumber than a pigeon, but like when I look out from an airplane... All the buildings look the same. If you pointed out a specific building, I could find that building again. But if they were trying to like train them to just be able to pop them in a bomb and, and drop them on something, I don't know how that would even work. Hmm. This is why this is a failed invention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why we're talking about it on this podcast. Well, and the fact that you know all of our major cities have so many pigeons 
means, yeah, none of these uh, ideas probably got off the ground or else there would be fewer pigeons. <laughs> so I guess the bottom line there is if you see a sudden decrease of pigeons in downtown D.C. or downtown Baltimore, be concerned. Mm. Also, the other moral of the story is don't live in Washington, D.C. That's where they test all of the spy shit. <laughs> That's a really good, really good point. Also, parking just costs an arm and a leg. So, Well, I'm not going to turn this into a rant, but yeah, there's a lot of reasons that I would recommend against living in D.C. <laughs> this is uh, going to be a surprise to nobody, but uh, my favorite is Acoustic Kitty. But here's what I'm thinking. What if we brought this into the modern age, right? Acoustic kitty, instead of a cat that has listening equipment in it, a cat that has one of those mini Bluetooth speakers in it and follows you around with all of your music. And it plays your theme song. Yes. I'd have a theme song if I had an acoustic kitty. <laughs> I think we should work on the theme song first and then the kitty will come. Right now, my theme song is just hiss, meow, hiss, meow. <laughs> I'm wondering if we could bring any of this into the modern age and revive these ideas, or if robotics has just become so good we don't need any of this stuff anymore. I think animal activist groups would have a very big issue if we brought any of this back. So that is the reason why robotics would be the way to go in the future. And as robotics get better, they won't even be creepy looking. Maybe you'll actually have a cat looking one instead of like an animatronic you know, singing, bear-looking robot. Yeah, so there actually was a uh, a modern interpretation of this where they just made a um, a gun uh, with, like, a bipod in the end of it to look like a cat. <laughs> so you would stick the gun around the corner and it would just look like a cat poking its head around from, the, from behind the corner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Apparently it worked pretty well. <laughs> yep, that's... Uh... That's modern spycraft. I love Just it. Just take a gun and make it look like a cat. <laughs> I mean, it's the right height off of the ground, I guess. Unless you're standing, and then it's just a floating cat face. I don't think they use it unless they're on the ground. <laughs> Can you imagine just a cat face poking around what looks to be a floating cat body about three and a half feet off the ground? I've seen that. I have a cat tree in my house, and he likes to like poke his head out from the from the end of it. So maybe it wouldn't seem that weird then. Uh, yeah, I could, oh, I could get sniped in my own house very easily if somebody disguised it <laughs> as Bernie. Because <laughs> before we close out, I would like to say that no actual animals were harmed in the making of this episode, although many, many animals were harmed during all of these programs, but none of that was our fault. <laughs> we had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening, and remember, if at first you don't succeed, tell us all about it.